Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast brought to you by ITO Coaching Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, and High Echelon. We have for you a slightly different layout to our podcast this week, so I want to do a quick cold open to explain to you what you're about to hear. This past weekend, all three of us, Eric, Michelle, and me, George, ran the Mountain Mist 50K in Huntsville, Alabama. And if you're a regular listener to our podcast, you knew this was coming. This is something we've been talking about for a while, and it's the first race that the three of us chose together to actually share a course. We have talked about our shoes, we've talked about our gear, we've talked about our nutrition, we've talked about our preparation, and all sorts of other aspects uh, necessary to get us ready for this race that we all did together here. We sat down in the lodge at Monticello Park, in Huntsville after we picked up our packets on Friday evening. Um, And we talked a little bit about how we were feeling before the race and what we were concerned about and just where we were uh, ahead of of this big undertaking on Saturday morning. Then following that, we each individually recorded our first impressions immediately post-race. And and so you'll hear those uh, next. Uh, And then finally, we got together about 24 hours after the race was done, and we talked about where we were and our reflections on the race and how it went for us and, of course, how we're feeling and what's next. Um, And so for the podcast today, I pretty much just kind of stuck all three of those things together. Um, And so the very first thing you'll hear is the audio that we recorded there in the lodge uh, before the race. Uh, And then it skips immediately to me talking post-race, then Eric talking post-race, then Michelle talking post-race. And then we flip into us getting together on Zoom like we normally do and talking about just how this big target for us all went over. So we appreciate your listening and let us know what you think. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by High Echelon. You can find them at highechelloncpa.com. High Echelon PC is a nationwide CPA firm in Atlanta focused on a great client experience. High Echelon provides top quality work with total transparency, so clients always know exactly what they're getting. They believe accounting doesn't need to be complicated and that clients should always get the experience they deserve, which includes top-notch accounting, tax and payroll services, timely communication, complete data flow, and the best automation and security. Book a call or drop them a line at their website, highecheloncpa.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. You can find them at bluepineappletravel.com. Blue Pineapple Travel is an agency of experienced travel advisors who help you design the perfect trip. Blue Pineapple Travel is an agency of experienced travel advisors who help you design the perfect trip. Blue Pineapple Travel Advisors are all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. They love to help people plan their travel, whether it's for a race, a family trip, a weekend getaway, or the trip of a lifetime. Their goal is to match you with the trip that you want. Relaxation or adventure, traveling solo or with a group inside the U.S. or abroad, Blue Pineapple Travel can plan exactly the trip that you want. Find them online at bluepineappletravel.com and see some of the great places that folks who have worked with Blue Pineapple Travel go on their Instagram, at bluepineappletravel. Finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITL Coaching and Performance's mission is to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITO coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in ITL athletes. ITO takes a communal approach to coaching, so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust the training schedule. 
An ITL coach will be glad to meet with you to chat about your goals and to find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. Thanks to all of our sponsors who help us bring you the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. So here we are in the Montesano Lodge, right, uh, where the dinner, the pre-race dinner is going to be tonight, where the post-race party is going to be tomorrow. No, um, the post-race party is at a brewery in town. So there's not going to be anything to drink at this place? Oh, there will be. They'll have pizza and stuff, but the right, actual right, cookie post-race. Cake. Cookie cake is like a thing at this race. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. And there's the, we're sitting in front of the large fireplace at which I will be parked for somewhere between 10 minutes and 12 hours. Following the race, which I'm looking forward to. Um, Eric, good to be with you in person, man. Uh, it's good to be with you too, also. Michelle, it's good to be with you in person as well, but I see like I, I feel like I see you in person a little bit more often than I see Eric in person. So Yeah, um, like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> like when I read, you literally texted me this from the parking stop or the parking place next to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I, I did see Michelle yesterday morning at the Thursday morning run that she and I often attend, and that was good. But, um, but Eric, now you're in town, and, and we are in Huntsville, Alabama, or in Metro Huntsville, getting ready for our podcast target race i think we got to start with michelle how are you feeling <laughs> well i actually first want to talk about eric's first experience in a bucky's okay okay so we met we can like an hour outside of atlanta and eric had his first visit to bucky's so what was that was that like good bad good culture you know i, I spent 45 minutes in the car driving to bucky's thinking about this experience <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I must say, it lived up to yes. every bit of the expectation I built up over okay. that period. Okay. But, but, but I, I feel like you chose your words very carefully there. It was exactly what you expected it to be. Doesn't necessarily mean you expected it to be something positive and it was positive. I saw signs for Bucky's when I was 190 miles right. away from Bucky's. That's the brand, man. And I was coming down 85 mm-hmm. and go, oh, by the way, Bucky's is up 75. Mm-hmm. For those of you not from Atlanta, that is not the same direction. Right, right. right. And that was the Bucky's they were talking about. All right. That was impressive. So I had a lot of time to think about this. All right. And um, I would say the characterization that was provided to me that it's like a Sheets, a Walmart, a Costco, and I can't remember what the fourth one was. All mashed in one. And a barbecue one, restaurant. And a barbecue restaurant. All mashed in one. Mm-hmm. Uh, an, an expensive barbecue mas- restaurant yeah. with large portions. Yeah. I would say it lived up to every bit of those expectations. All right. I'm, I'm so happy. So, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> but I did not expect to actually see Bucky and to be able and we to did. have a picture with Bucky. <laughs> that was the best. I've, I've never actually, the most I've ever done is gotten a statue with a picture. And I don't know if you noticed, but there was a line for that on the way out. Everybody was taking a picture. But to have the, with the actual... With the statue or with actual Bucky? No, the statue. The statue. I like how we say but actual Bucky as actual if it wasn't a dude in a suit. <laughs> no, but the actual Bucky there was incredible. Like, I always I want to go now when Bucky is out taking pictures and meeting people. Well, so what's funny about Bucky, the actual Bucky, which I think it's funny that we're calling him that, uh, being there was that... As soon as Michelle arrived, Michelle arrived first. As soon as she arrived, she went ahead and took a picture solo with Bucky in order to make sure that she got her picture with Bucky, lest Bucky leave before the two of us arrived. No, okay. As soon as I arrived, I did the same thing. 
I was like, well, I'm getting my picture with Bucky just in case he's gone by the time Eric gets here. So you want to know, he wasn't going to be gone because I spoke to his little chaperone lady Kylie. and I asked her what is Bucky's schedule and she said he's here till six, but he takes breaks. So I knew okay. that Eric was going to be there at 1256. So she said the next break was at one and I asked her if she could make it at like 105. A lot of gray matter went into this. A lot of great. It was really, really important to get that picture with Bucky. So impressed. (laughs) It's true. I actually, I have a witness. All right, so (laughs) and that's true though because we did not make it over there until after one. Yeah, it was right after one. Bucky actually held to their word. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Bucky. Its word. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Agreed. All right, so Michelle brought her own crew to this race, which is is such a Michelle thing to do, Um, but. The, the Michelle's crew member asked what I thought was a really good Bucky's question. It said, if you think about the person for whom Bucky's totally works, like 100% of the things are in Bucky's, the clothes, the gear, the barbecue, the fountain drinks, the ices, the bathrooms, the art, like all of the stuff. If there is such a thing as a quintessential Bucky customer, what percentage of that customer are you? Like what is the overlap between Bucky's and Eric? Eric, what would your number me? Depending on the day and the activity. <laughs> so, so post race on the way home. Okay. Bucky shows up. It's probably about a twenty twenty five percent overlap. Yeah. Uh, traveling from point A to point B, not on a long trip. We're probably in the two to two and a half percent. If 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 Bucky the if Bucky the mascot if Bucky the mascot is there, it's more like seven to twelve (laughs) percent. I would say I'm probably somewhere between around twenty percent. Name name ten things you're gonna buy. So so, name ten things. But 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 I I appreciate your your context specific answer though because you're totally right. I my basket would look completely different on the way home than it would on the way to the race. You're right about that. Michelle, what would you what would you consider yourself? I don't know what's wrong with you guys. I'm like 70, 80 <laughs> percent. Like, like, let me tell you, let me tell you the downside of Bucky's is that they have the Yeti type cups and the wine um, glasses, but they're made by Yukon. They're not made by Yeti. So I would probably buy it if it was branded um, on a Yeti mug. But I don't like Yukon because they're like this kind of competitor to Yeti. And then and that's, they the, have, and that's the only thing. Yeah, it's and otherwise, to me. everything is perfect. The, the no. tie-dyed Bucky's hoodies no. and the I'm sweet just potato started. cookbooks. And I'm all just that getting stuff. started. All right. Then they have this whole cowboy section, which is very cool. And the hats are like $40 instead of my cowboy hat, which is like 10 times that price. But they have a whole section then with like leather bags. And then they've got all of the cute little stuff for the kitchen. They have stuff for the cabin in North Georgia. It says, welcome to the cabin. I There's stuff for lake houses. It says, lake life is the best life. Also, there's every color of kitchen stuff. Like you can do the blue and the white type of stuff that you know your grandmother might have had. Or, and then you can get all these little like slogans, all these sayings about wine, and you can buy coasters there. And then basically, if you forgot anything on the left side of the store, they have base layers, they have t-shirts, they have sweat. You can buy a whole wardrobe there. Also, you should just know that my smoke alarm, I've replaced two batteries this week, and there were no nine volt batteries in Target. So I picked up two nine volt batteries from Bucky's because the next time the smoke alarm goes off at two o'clock in the morning, I want to make sure and have a battery in the house because that's a horrible thing to happen when you can't change the battery. I'm only, I've only talked about 20% of the store. Oh, are you done yet? <laughs> Hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. 
You're right. I, I missed all that. <laughs> You're right. And I, I still don't, I don't change my percentages. But I just want to go back to that first part that you were talking about, the, the sayings, the slogans, and yeah. all that stuff. We have a term for that in our house. It's called OMS. It's called old maid shit. And it's the stuff that piles up in your house. Okay. Nobody like cares the signs about say, it. This may be the wine talking, but I love wine. Okay. Like signs like that. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. I don't have any of that in my house. George has been in my house. I mean, I might have one thing. My house is like very empty. I don't have stuff. I don't even save my kids' artwork. My kids are going to grow up and they're going to want to look at their childhood stuff. I don't have any of it. So I don't have any of that stuff in my house. Do you have any cups that say like working nine to one or anything like that? No. I you can get one of those. The best thing I have says something like, I watched all of Grey's Anatomy, so I'm basically a surgeon. That's like as close as I get to that type of stuff. That's pretty close though. That's pretty good for me. They probably sell that at... Honestly, the most excess... I'm pretty sure I could do roadside surgery if I had to. I have watched a lot of episodes. The most excess thing in my house is probably mugs. Okay. So, or um, like a pint glass, like a 16-ounce glass. So I have thought about why I don't have a Bucky's glass, but I, I just, I could spend hours in that store. Actually, the best thing about today was we spent an hour in there. It was so did good. Did we really? Well, I did. I was okay. the first yeah, one Yeah, you were the first so. one there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have made it standard practice before big races, particularly marathons, to eat barbecue the day before. That and, is and not something like, I don't understand. Not like garbage barbecue, but I try and make it like pretty good barbecue. And so this actually worked out pretty well for me because Bucky's, amidst all the, the uh, not high-end stuff, actually has some really good barbecue. What, what, did, um, I, what did I text you on the way up the you, road? You said, you said there is some overlap with the turkey sandwiches, which the I agree with barbecue turkey that. sandwich yes. is definitely in my overlap. Ditto, ditto, for sure. <laughs> on so, the way to so. a race and coming home from so, a race. Agreed, I agreed. Be yeah, so, so I, I, had, I had some smoked turkey, some, some, some barbecue smoked turkey, which is my favorite, day before the race. Okay, Meal. that's fair. not not pre race like morning up. That would be a terrible idea. <laughs> okay, but. can we just talk a minute about the bathrooms, Eric? Was that not amazing? The bathrooms. I did mention when I came out of the bathroom that I've never had a guy standing next to me with a mop waiting for me to step away from the urinal so he could actually clean under all of the urinals. That's yeah. every mom's dream, by the way, if they're raising boys, is to have somebody to like clean well, up right after the boys pee. <laughs> all right. True. Not, Actually, it's every, every dad's as well, if well, I say so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, but the thing is, that tells me that I don't have to walk up and stand in some dude's pee and then eventually walk that into my car. Isn't that so incredible? I thought that was pretty cool. All right, fair. And all the artwork for sale as you go into the bathroom, you can buy all of that. Which I thought was actually both it's hilarious and appropriate that they have kitschy artwork that is actually for sale. It's some of the most expensive stuff in the entire store. I know. All right, so I'm glad we spent 10 minutes talking about Bucky's. I am. But but we do have to talk about how we're feeling ahead of this race here. So that was a nice way of easing into it because I know that Michelle is nervous. And, and frankly, honestly, for me, I came on site here because this is where the race starts and finishes. I came on site here and I pulled into a parking space that happens to be almost exactly the same parking space where I parked last year. And I started immediately having these flashbacks of cramping muscles and dehydrated trauma and all sorts of stuff. And, and of course, my first thought was, uh-oh, what have I gotten into here? I think you had a similar feeling when you came on site. an hour and a half ago. So. She started talking about this an hour and a half ago. Well, thankfully, I was sleeping until maybe the last 20 minutes, so I missed the whole thing. But as soon as I saw the entrance to the park, my, and the only thing I said, and I believe this to be true, is this is the ugliest place I've ever run. Okay. Do you mean, do you mean like the whole course, or do you mean like just this particular 
site. I just don't spot. like it here. I don't want to be here. I mean, did you think it was ugly before you had such a rough race here two years no, ago? No, I thought though? it was going to be like pretty. People say there's these views and blah, blah, blah. Some of the Southeast finest. There is none of that. <laughs> Sorry, Eric Hall. <laughs> yeah, see, it's, is... just, it's just a pterodrome. It's just, it's, it's just a place for suffering. Okay, pterodrome. <laughs> so George made a playlist titled Michelle Drives to Huntsville and there's lots of symbolic songs on there but nothing felt more symbolic than Welcome to the Terror Dome yep. by Public Enemy. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I feel like right now. I feel this um, like a little bit of a trauma response, a little bit of dread, a little bit of terror. Um, but I also like there's also, really? by the way, like lots of really uplifting and positive songs in there. I tried to capture the, the feelings of the entire experience. Like sometimes you're proud and you're doing some good self-talk. Sometimes you're feeling pretty good. You're holding back. You're being smart. Other times you're like in literally praying. In the first two and a half miles? Like you're, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> including in the first two and a half miles, yes. But sometimes you're praying. Sometimes you're, you're uh, mad at your crew members. You know, I tried to capture that whole thing. Where does the Johnny Cash song fit in there? Because so, he's actually talking about going to heaven or hell. Right, right. <laughs> Because yeah. you feel like you're going to die out there, yeah. and you no, want that to was, make that sure. was very intentional. When the man comes around, oh yeah, no. But look at like the songs that are around it. It's like "Save Me" by Remy Zero and a few others. Oh yeah, yeah. No, is that is that where you finished with the That's playlist? Where I at this finished point? with the playlist. Okay, yeah, yeah. You still you still gotta you still gotta come out the other side of the playlist because so, it does end on a positive. Note. Eric, you're gonna have a downhill mile tomorrow that I would I would put money might be your slowest of 31 miles. That was mine last year. That was, you, wasn't it like yeah. a 15 minute mile for you last year? It was an 18 minute. Mile it was an 18 minute mile. For you will understand the terror when you go down that mile. <laughs> so, so not, okay. to, not to cut you off, but you, you mentioned the views, and I had to, I had to remind my, it reminded me of something. This week has not been the best week for me mm-hmm. as far as preparation and feeling good and healthy and feeling mm-hmm. like I'm rolling into this. But I kept telling myself, well, at least you get to go do a 50k in the beautiful Huntsville mountains. It's not beautiful. <laughs> and then I get here. And then you get here and Michelle craps all over that. <laughs> she just, she craps all over. So, Michelle's opening a drink to stay hydrated now, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, uh, she's not like get, having a beer the day before in order to relax her nerves, although that might be advisable. Um, it's very not advisable. All right, all right. Okay, but the, the Michelle is. <clears throat> Michelle's glass is half full side is I've done a lot of things different the last 16 weeks Absolutely. that I yeah. did not do two years ago. Right. I worked with um, a registered dietitian and figured out some major nutritional challenges, figured out a crazy sodium imbalance. Um, I like was having a, a weight fluctuation, like I'm nine pounds less than Pine Mountain, which you can't even oh, wow. really see it, but I can feel that like, cause I know what yeah. the numbers on a scale say. Um, and I do, I did survive once, right? Right. So, <laughs> well, there's, I, <laughs> there, 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 there's a double-edged sword but, to having been here before. And, sure. and here's the thing is the, the most, um, my most vivid memory last time was people were having so much fun out there and I was so miserable. Hmm. So I'm mostly trying to figure out like, in my mind, as I run through the very few parts that I actually remember of what I'm going to do again tomorrow, I'm trying to figure out how can I just have fun? Mm-hmm. Like, how can it just be hard and challenging, but also I could be one of those people and I don't have to take shots at the aid stations. I mean, some of right. those people were having a little too much fun, right. but how I can be in that frame of mind the whole time is, is what I'm, well, not in the last hour what I've been focused on, but 
for the most part what well, I was trying I to think focus appropriate on. Mix. I think that's good. I think an appropriate mix of having yeah, that I agree. fun but, and being competitive because you are a competitor and I don't I think that's what you're looking for. It's more of a mix. I'm still competing, but I'm enjoying it. Right. Yeah. Like, it's just... So you're, yeah. you're, you're ultimately going to arrive at that most pleasant exhaustion. I mean, I, I, I get it. I, I totally get that. Um, and the first 10 or 11 songs of the playlist are all about the feelings we're all going through prior to the race here. So there's, there's things that you're excited about. And there's also a little bit of self-doubt. And there's also some self-hatred. And there's also being mad at your podcast partners for talking you into doing this. Um, we didn't talk her into doing no, this. No, it's not her. Into doing no, this. See, you no, think it, no, I. No. No, 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 no. Aren't you going to do this with us, Eric? Okay, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, whoa, wait. whoa. Okay, okay. okay. First, first of all, first of all. I don't know who talked who into it. I do. I, I, I do know I do know that, that within a week or two after finishing last year, I, I did think that I wanted to come back and do it better because I just felt like I could do it better. And so I certainly kind of had a part in it. Um, okay. second, second of all, we can go back and listen to it. It's on tape after all. All right, go ahead, Michelle. <laughs> I, you know, there's things that I've done that have been hard and that I feel like I finished and I want to go back and repeat and I want to do better. You had that feeling immediately last year. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I have never had that feeling for this race. Mm-hmm. So why? How did I end up here? Yeah, I don't also, know. Also, not only that, we registered on midnight the day this opened, the registration opened. <laughs> why? Yeah. We're so nervous we're not going to get a spot? Yeah. No, so I many agree. people want to run this, I it's going to sell out. Open now. I, 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 no, I'm inclined to agree with you on that part, Michelle. I agree. No, we, 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 we can definitely go back and listen and try and figure out exactly what it was and when it was and whose idea it was. I definitely will, will cop to taking a, a central role in, in saying let's do it again because – because, yeah, as much as I was convinced that I never wanted to see this fucking place again 24 hours after the race. Exactly. I, I, within a week or so, I felt, and I still feel this way, that I could simply execute the race better. I think, so, I, I, think I could run 25 or 30 minutes faster just by executing the race better. Just by wearing better shoes and by actually knowing how to climb up the side of that climb that icy wall that I had to try and figure out and spent five minutes standing at the bottom of last year just literally trying to figure out how to do it like I know how to do it this year so it's only gonna take me two minutes rather than five minutes there's three minutes right there I want to talk more about like what that means to you what you think you're gonna do different but I actually think as I sit here and talk this out that it's all just well if George is gonna go back and do it well first of all I was so happy that you had the worst experience because (laughs) I felt like you could because you so not surprised (laughs) no this is really important he coached me up to that race. It was awful, and I never felt like I could truly explain what a demoralizing day it was. And it took a year, but and, then until he went I and came did here it. And, got demoralized. It, and then he did it himself. <laughs> and then it was all of a sudden I got this like outpouring of empathy. And so then I think there's a, this FOMO where it's like if George thinks he can do it better and he's going to go back and do it better, well, I also want to like try that i don't want him to come have a good experience and i could have had a good experience but i just sat home and waited to hear if he had a good experience so i think that's probably right. has something to do with it also that makes perfect sense to me oh. let me clarify something i'm not upset that we're here i am <laughs> oh. so happy it wasn't blame the, it was i love this the, the, yeah the, this the, the, the guy f- who's never done it before he's psyched well, <laughs> this is the first time the three of us have ever actually showed up at a race i together. agree which i'm excited this, about that too. this was fun do you know how many amazing races there are yeah and the next the next one we're going to choose is going to be one of those and it's going to be a road marathon and eric's going to have to do that one so oh anyway my, my point is I was not blaming you. I was actually just saying you were the impetus for getting us here, and I think that's awesome. 
Because so, I think this started the day after you finished <laughs> the first time, and then it carried through to George, and then George got into it, and then it was like, hey, you want to come do this with us? And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I, I think, and I started to say this a minute ago, I think that having been here before is a little bit of a double-edged sword. Because on the one hand, I have very realistic expectations now. Last year, I literally was just doing what I was always doing every other week. And on my Friday morning trainer group workout, a guy said, you know that race is kind of hard, right? And I was like, no, it's not all that hard. I know lots of people who have run it before. And, and so I immediately turned down the intensity and then went and read all these race reports and all these people were like, it's the hardest race ever. And I was like, oh shit. Like, I, like just literally having different expectations as far as that goes, that, that I think will change my experience tomorrow entirely. And it's not that I didn't believe you when you said it was so hard, Michelle, that's not it. I just thought you had a bad day. I, yes, that was both, both I had. Do you remember when I called you crying? Oh yeah. In the middle of the race? Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> I sat down on a rock and yeah. I pulled out my phone and. Uh, I think you were like, well, just, just try to keep going. And it was like 16 more miles, George. Like, I think I, I, I was hearing about this from you maybe. Maybe probably, you texted yeah. me yeah. and I was like, oh my. Yeah. It but took then I saw five video, hours for me to finish that next 16 miles. Wasn't there a video of you finishing this race? I mean, I'm sure there's a video, but I just walked through the finish line with my head buried in my chest and walked to the car and left. Okay. And that was it. I was never coming back here. Okay. So, so, I mean, on the one hand, we know what we're getting into, and that's nerve-wracking and, and intimidating. Um, on the other hand, we also know what we're getting into, and so that adjusts our expectations appropriately so that we can prepare better and, and be more mentally but, ready when the gun goes off at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. And so, like so, to so actually, that. I want to hear about that, because that'll you, help me, right? Yeah. I'll understand better about this. We just, we just, for those of you listening... We just stopped for a moment, and we were looking at the, the race course. There's yeah. a placard with the race course on it. Right. And M- Michelle was having PTSD as we were going through it. But I was trying to ask some questions about the course, and I think I got a little bit of information. I think that's good, but I'd like to hear what you guys are going to do differently. Maybe I can pick up on that and <laughs> do those the right way the mm-hmm. first time. Well, and we should also say the course is different this year from both of the times that we ran it. And so, so Michelle ran it, and then they had to change the course a little bit. Then I ran it, then they had to change the course a little bit more. And then now all three of us are going to run this year. And so it's going to be a little bit different. And, and according to sources, I'm sure it's going to be still super difficult. I'm not trying to in any way min- minimize the difficulty of the endeavor here. But according to numerous sources, it's better weather. And it is better weather. It's, it's better groomed. Well, it's especially better leading up to it. It's yeah. been a dry week here, yeah. which is yeah. incredible it's, for it's, this it, race. It, it, poured snow here two or three days before last year's race and then it was 14 degrees at the start yard call everything was ice everything was was rocks all had water frozen water on them it was terrible um and it's going to be 35 degrees at the start and it's going to be about 50 to 55 degrees at the finish um so that makes it a little bit challenged to decide what it is we're going to be wearing but i'm i'm not worried about busting my ass on a rock 5k into it because i slip on the ice like i did last year yeah. Um, which is nice. And, and busting your ass is not just a term. I literally no, busted you, my you ass. literally landed on your butt. Yeah, yeah, I did. And it hurt bad. I've never fallen that hard in any running event or training as I did at this race last year, about five kilometers in. Um, it was awful. Um, and it spooked me for the entire rest of the race. Um, so since then, I've run several other races, obviously, and I've also run several training runs. And so I think that I've kind of shaken myself of that. 
that I'm, I'll, I'll be able to run a little bit more aggressively. I have shoes, as everybody who listens to this podcast knows. I have shoes that I spend a lot of time testing out and pouring over and thinking about. And I have ones I'm much more confident in now than I was then. Um, and so, yeah, I think all in all, my skills have improved, my equipment's improved, and so my performance is going to improve. Um, and so, so I'm, I'm feeling, even though my training is either at or maybe slightly less than what it was this time last year, um, and even though I ran a marathon two weeks ago, which, as we've all discussed at great length already, was probably a terrible idea, um, I, uh, I, I, I feel okay going into this. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't answer the question no. of... So. What like, are you going to do differently? Yeah, talk to Eric on the trail about what and like what you're going to do differently and where. I think I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, okay. So the first half um, through about the first half marathon, really. So about the thir- first thirteen or fourteen yeah, miles. Yeah, thirteen miles. Is is um, it's about I would say average trail run difficulty. There's a couple of places where you literally like go through this cave and things like that. Is that the fat man squeeze? Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, you're going to be happy. You're not fat. It's but it's a little bit like. That, that was the place last year where I was like, okay, so we're not really running for times here um, <laughs> because we're like squeezing, literally squeezing through this space. Um, and there's a couple of those sorts of things, but for the most part, it's, it's, it's a runnable trail, right? It's not the thing that inspires the skeletons on the mountain, this logo. Um, and then after that, there's a, you go into this park and there's a rest stop in the park. Um, and then you pass this red gate and they give you a split at the red gate. And the race kind of starts at the red gate. Okay. Um, and at that point, it gets really, really rocky. Really steep. That is a um, climb out and, of there. And there's some big climbs and, and for the next 10 miles or so. And then the diffi- most difficult climb is right around the marathon mark. 24, I think. Is it? Yeah. yeah. And then it's is the, that the waterline climb. Yeah, yeah. it's the okay. waterline climb. And then you go down the other side of that. And that's where I had the... 18 minute downhill mile last year, where where you go you literally go down like 400 or 500 feet uh, and you're like jumping off the sides of cliffs and stuff i could not i have no recollection of this i i know it's awful Mm. and i know that it was treacherous for me but i can't for the life of me i have no memory of it it's the craziest thing i like for me this is i think that's gonna i can i can vision the climb i i see it i remember the rope hanging i remember the photographer at the top i remember looking up and being like how do i get up at the top of the waterline climb yeah yeah um but i just don't remember what comes after that i think we go left at the top now before we went right i I can't quite remember that that level of detail but but yeah we we kind of top that off and then we go down 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 and then last year and i'm not sure if this is the same with the way the course has changed last year we we had one more kind of steep long climb that most people walked around the 28 mile mark and it crested right around the 30-mile mark. And then, yeah, and then you run it in. And then the last yeah, two kilometers we ran in, yeah. and it was fairly flat. Um, and so I remember we got to the bottom of that last climb, and I had a few guys that were, like, right behind me. And so I actually pushed a lot on that climb in order to try and run away from them, and then I buried myself on the final flat run-in, and I ended up finishing several minutes in front of them. But I had to take advantage of the fact that I was a, I was a better runner than they were, even though they were better at going down hills and negotiating trails and scrambling also. and stuff like that. So I fell everywhere last year. I fell nine times, remember? But you also, <laughs> you made sure you weren't behind them on the climb. Right. So it is a single track. Right. Yeah. A yeah. lot of it is a, single a, track. A, a, a lot so, of it is single track. But you guys, so you just went through the whole course again. 
And when you guys talked about this, the times that you ran it, you never mentioned this. And it was like a week ago I said, wait, there's asphalt? So some of that is new. So before, so we have two and a half miles that's on asphalt. And then after... There's more asphalt this year than there was last year or the year, or yeah. the year before. Oh, okay. And then we come back out on that same road. Yeah. But no, you remember last year when we were actually looking at the splits following my race? You were mm-hmm. like, you ran a 641st mile and then da 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 and, uh, I, and, and it's because the first mile's on asphalt. Okay. And yeah. I do know like, so I'm a little bit nervous about the first two miles because... I feel very strongly about getting in front of people that would ultimately hold me up in these big Congo lines. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as we get through the runnable part of the trail, you are stuck. So, but everybody, but everybody has the same thought, right? Everybody wants to get out fast. Yeah. So, but this is even, you have even more time to run faster because we have more time. Just we're on the road, literally. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, and then the beginning of the trail is, is different. And that's also apparently very runnable. It doesn't go right into single track but i think two and a half miles is going to be really important for like positioning um so i i don't know what that means for me honestly we'll see yeah we'll see (laughs) eric i'm glad you're here appreciate you making the trip man i'm excited michelle i'm glad you're here i appreciate you making the trip too (laughs) thanks george on to tomorrow all right we are now post race and I have asked Michelle and Eric, this is George, to record just a few minutes of their immediate post-race thoughts. And then we're going to circle back 24 hours or so after everybody's done to uh, hear more about our fully developed reflections. Um, I have a few things I wanted to share um, as I I thought about it during the race and, and of course, having immediately crossed the finish line. Um, I... uh, I had to rush out, unfortunately. I didn't get to watch either one of my friends finish because my sons are in a competition today in Atlanta, and I had to try and be back for the award ceremony. So uh, unfortunately, I would have liked to have stuck around and and seen them finish and celebrated with them, um, but I had to kind of rush out. And so I actually really am looking forward to getting together with them. Um, I really hope they went well, (laughs) but I'm really not sure yet. Um, Anyway, um, I had a better race this year in every way, (laughs) Um, which is very satisfying since I had such a hard time last year. Um, This year I placed higher, I ran faster, and and every segment along the way I did better. I even feel like from a qualitative point of view, I just was more successful overall. And and frankly, that's what mattered to me the most. I, I felt like uh, last year I was tossed around and beaten up by this course a lot. Um, and this year I didn't feel that way. I felt like I ran the race and I was confident and I had fun and I competed. And that was the, the thing that I really wanted to take from this overall experience. And so I'm really happy about that. At the same time, speaking of last year, um, we were going down the most difficult part of the course for me, which is the descent that starts right around the marathon mark, right around 26.2 miles, um, into McKay's hollow. And, um, it's just a ridiculously difficult descent. You're literally like climbing down sheer rock faces. Um, and, uh, you cross back and forth over this Creek several times. And I was doing that this year and, the thought crossed my mind that I had no idea how I did this last year 
when it was 14 degrees and there was ice everywhere and everything was frozen. And so in some ways, coming back here this year and, and actually competing better put in perspective the effort that I had last year. Um, it made me feel as if I actually truly accomplished something significant last year to be able to make it through that race. Um, and so uh, even if the race hadn't gone well, I think giving me some more perspective on what happened last year um, made it really worthwhile to do the race again this year. Um, it was super fun to be uh, with Eric and Michelle at this race, really. Um, I did the Houston Marathon two weeks ago, of course, with a big group of people. And then I come here and with my small crew, uh, Eric and Michelle, we do this race. And um, that's just a lot of fun. I had a great time doing that. Um, uh, I thought about the playlist over and over and over again <laughs> and was singing songs from our playlist throughout the entire race. Um, and so that was super fun as well. Um, I chose the right shoes after months of stressing about that and talking about it on the podcast. Um, I felt like I ultimately had the right shoes on, uh, both because they gave me confidence and because they objectively worked. Um, so yeah, all things total, all things taken into account. Uh, this was a successful day. Um, I, uh, finished second masters, which is the same thing I did last year. So I'm happy with that. It means I got another pint glass, which I think is cool. I use that pint glass from last year all the time, and I'll probably use this one all the time as well. Um, it's, uh, it's something I'm proud of, and I will definitely wear this t-shirt on, uh, a very frequent basis. Um, all right. So I'm going to gather up statements or short brief descriptions of the race first impressions from uh, Eric and Michelle and and we'll go to those now so I'm about an hour and a half into my trip home and I've had some time to synthesize my early thoughts on the race and I, I've got three points the first point is running a race with George and Michelle lived up to every expectation I had. Um, they are really good friends, and we had a really good time. Uh, we had such a good time that at the race dinner, I don't really think people wanted to sit at our table because we just wanted to talk to one another, and that's totally cool and totally, totally okay with me. But, but from... The conversations we had from stopping at Bucky's, uh, from the text conversations to checking in to dinner, I, I just think the entire experience was so much fun and so much, you know, so supportive. Uh, we all supported one another. Uh, we supported one another with words. We supported one another with gear. Uh, and, you know, Michelle supported us with her, uh, her, Sherpa, who also helped us out by collecting some of our gear during the race. Um, so I, I think that my, my first point, my first thought is that it was just a really awesome experience, and I'm really glad that I did this with Michelle and George. My second point is about the course. I, the course lived up to every expectation as well. Our conversations about the course were varied, and our conversations about the course um, had some scary parts about the course and some nice parts about the course. 
I will say at one point, Michelle said the course is ugly. And I, I can agree with her. Some portions of the course were ugly. But overall, I really enjoyed the course. Um, you know, I, I do not enjoy rocky uh, sections, um, mostly because I feel like they're a little dangerous for me. I don't have very strong ankles. I'm not very agile in that situation. So it was, those were tough. And what it made me do was really just slow down and let people run away from me in those points. And I, I got okay with that fairly quickly because I wanted to not break bones, which is something that the race director told us happens every year, apparently. So yeah, there were aspects of the course that I did not appreciate, but I'll say that the three climbs, they were tough and, but I still enjoyed them. Um, and there were beautiful, beautiful aspects of those climbs, uh, whether it was just, you know, the, the expanse of trees and the rocky outcroppings and, and whatnot, or a, uh, a waterfall just popping up that we had to cross with crystal blue water in it. A small waterfall, but a waterfall nonetheless. And, and I think that those are really cool. And as George pointed out many times, there were a lot of runnable sections and runnable sections where you could run next to one another and have a conversation. So I, I think the course it lived up to expectations and I enjoyed it. And then the third point is just the overall, I'd call it sort of the ultra atmosphere of the race. It lived up to every expectation I have from every ultra. And then it actually exceeded a couple of them. The uh, pre-race dinner, the race director's comments, and um, the message that we heard from one of the long race time participants that unfortunately has passed away recently. Um, that was really moving and cool and something you don't get at every race. Um, I don't generally go to a lot of pre-race dinners. Not every race has a pre-race dinner, especially post-COVID. This one did, and I thought it was really cool. Uh, but then on top of that, I had a lot of really cool conversations during the race. You know, and, and good races draw good people, and I think that this race drew a lot of good people. And you know, one thing Michelle kept pointing out was that person's done this race ten times. You know, that person's done this race twenty times because the race actually has awards for for doing those sorts of things. And so, you know, they'll be wearing a jacket that says, I've done this 10 times or 20 times or whatever. And that's really cool. And and, and you don't get that in every race. And, and then the, the last part that I think kind of brought it all together for me was the finish. You know, it, it was a very uh, enjoyable finish, very interesting people to talk to. You know, they had beer on tap, which is the typical ultra thing. They had really cool finisher awards that are these uh, slate uh, hand-painted, they look like, uh, Mountain Mist Finisher Awards. Um, uh, all three of us ended up getting a uh, age group or master's award, and that was really cool. We got a beer class, so that was a really cool thing to get, and I think that's something that cool races provide. But just the finish line atmosphere was great. Um, and, you know, I mentioned that, you know, good races draw good people. You know, one of the conversations I had on the race was with this guy, and as we were coming into the second-to-last aid station, I passed him, and I said, I think we're going to do this a couple of times, you know, because he was really strong on the uphills, and I was I was fairly competent on the flats, um, and we were both, neither one of us were very competent on the downhills. But as I left that aid station, that guy was still in the aid station. And so, you know, I, I figured, okay, I'm going to see if I can actually get away from him so he can't catch me. Uh, when we get to this uh, section, this next hill that was coming up. 
And lo and behold, like three miles later, I see him down the trail. And he's not just ahead of me, he's pulling away from me, like substantially. I could not figure this out. Well, we meet up at the end of the race, and I find out that the guy had a twin brother, and his twin brother was just ahead of us. And as I came out of the aid station, it was his twin brother that I was watching pull away from me. And he was actually behind me in a full body uh, cramp, uh, falling further and further behind me. But the, the ability after a race just to have that conversation over a beer and to talk to somebody about, you know, hey, where are you from? Oh, we're from Cartersville. You know, and, you know, having, you know, that's just ultra. And that's what it is to me, at least. And I really enjoyed it. So those are my three points, my, my three initial thoughts having finished the race. Okay, hopefully this works. It is about an hour after I finished. I was able to change clothes. I was not able to get the mud off of my body. I am basically covered in mud from shoulder to toes. Ate a little bit of mud, but that's okay. And kind of split the race up into three parts. Uh, had hoped to get to the aid station in the neighborhood in three hours and I came in way ahead of that around two hours and 42 minutes and felt really good which is really good because last time I did that I cried leaving the aid station um, and did not think I was going to finish so the next part was pretty tough I just forget how awful and treacherous the downhill is but um, I don't know I don't wish it were easier I just wish I was better at it so I got passed by a lot of women on the downhill and had what I assume was my slowest mile of the day about 27 or 28 minutes and then was really able to to run a lot more than I felt like I would be able to even if it was a really slow run um, which I was happy my body felt good running uh, it felt awful going downhill and I really enjoyed the the power hiking um, I don't know, I just was able to gain ground on people who had passed me downhill every time we got back to an uphill, so that felt good. And then the third section, um, well, the second section ended with the waterline climb, and I wasn't in as big of a Congo line as I was the last time I did it, so I didn't feel the pressure of having to fly up it, and I thought that probably much to do with the fact that it's not icy today it was an easier climb it didn't seem nearly as treacherous um but i realized i was carrying anxiety about that climb for literally 24 miles so felt really good after it was over and then um came into mile 25 way behind the time that i wanted to be but the last 10k is is pretty tough the climb at the end is just straight up uh, and was able to kind of run it in and found out that I got an age group award, which is super exciting. So I'm really happy with my decision to come back and try again. I really didn't think I would be able to say that, but the weather was perfect and it just seemed a lot more fun than it was last time. It was the perfect day to just be out on the trails running and um, yeah, it was good. But for real, I'm never, ever 
doing this again. So I want to find the the trails and the ultras that are that are runnable. This is what I would call muddyable, uh, which means you just tramp in and out of massive amounts of mud and hope that the watch eventually clicks over the next mile. Um, yeah, I'm good. Uh, made peace with this race and I'm done with it now. So, all right. Um, so we don't have to like jump in or we don't have to like say sponsor and all that sort of thing. We can just kind of jump right in if that works for y'all. We kind of did. So yeah, good with it. All right, good, good. Sounds good. I, I'm actually unable to jump anywhere right now <laughs> <laughs> um, which is a good segue into the first thing we want to talk about so how are we feeling michelle how are you feeling like i went to war physically physically how are you feeling um everything hurts uh we can talk a little bit more about this but i was unable to wear my usual and customary hydration vest and i got i don't i've never had chafing that went down to like the raw skin I don't, I don't know how to explain what it looks like, but just, mm-hmm. I guess, underneath kind of the opposite. It's like a seriously bad rug burn or rope burn. Yeah, yeah. Looks, I was going to say it looks like a burn. Yeah, it's the, oh. same, it's the same level of chafing that I got during the Houston Marathon on my hip because of my cheap jersey that now I actually showed the scarring to Eric yeah, when, when we were together. Yeah, this is going to scar. Yeah. So oh, God. I'm hoping um, it fades. How did you get that, life. Michelle? Yeah. What caused that? <laughs> Yeah, what, 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 I mean, as many times as you run with a hydration vest, Michelle, how did you end up wearing a hydration vest that, that, that chafed you well, so badly? You know, um, I've forgotten a few things the last several weeks while I travel to run, apparently. And I think I was so concerned with making sure I didn't have to go to Walmart at 6 a.m. to buy a sports bra the morning of the race that I... Like you did before Lookout Mountain. Lookout Mountain, that's right. Mm-hmm. I packed perfectly, literally. I was happy with everything I wore. It's just when I finally laid out my stuff the night before the race, literally about to go to sleep, I realized I had everything except for my hydration vest. So I had everything I needed to carry in the race, except for the piece of equipment that was going to carry it all for me. (laughs) And I knew from previous conversation, like an hour or two before that, that Eric had his vest with him, but he also was debating just on another system that he felt would work better for uh, like a, a shorter amount of time on his feet than, let's say, 100 miles or overnight, which you could definitely do with Eric's vest. So I asked Eric if I could wear his vest and told him, actually, I don't think I asked. <laughs> I just said, okay, um, I need your vest. No, and you were nice about it. Yeah, I was in a state of... Um, That's as much adversity as I think I've ever dealt with before a race to say nothing of the fact that it came two hours after going to pick up the keys to the cabin that I had (laughs) rented for the weekend, (laughs) finding out that I actually got the dates wrong by a week, which I've also never done. So I'm already in a state of, um, this is on on Friday night after we had recorded together on Friday night, you you go to your hotel or you go to your cabin to check in and realize that you had actually booked it wrong. I was. I was so excited. They have very limited number of cabins on Montesano. It's like one mile from the start and I was, everything is right there and it's always runners and there's a campground, but it's a little bit cold to camp in January. Um, so when I, I booked the cabin in July <laughs> and I just never checked the dates and I must've just 
booked it for the parallel dates of the weekend that I had run this race before. So yeah, it was by the time I didn't have the hydration vest, it was just in my mind another okay, it was like it was well, like the fourth it was like the fourth panic causing thing that happened in a row there yeah and i and i feel like i did a really good job of not panicking about the cabin and then so this was more just like well this is a problem and i'll figure out a solution in the next nine hours or no i had about 12 hours i guess till the race started mm -hmm. so yeah i wore a men's 12 liter vest thank you eric i, I really appreciate it i i would love for you to go ahead and purchase the five liter vest because i would have preferred that I was going to purchase a five liter women's medium. If that's, <laughs> that's, that's even better. So that's a long story, but I will, I think this chafe is going to turn into a scar, George, like you mm. were talking about, and mm. I'll never forget this. And hopefully we'll be I'll like twinsies. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's other, you know, there's other ways to twin with somebody that are a little bit more comfortable, but hopefully it's just a good reminder and I'll never, ever forget my vest again. So very good yeah. very good and so so you're you're sore obviously or that that's that's something that's hurting you from that chafing eric you said you didn't have any chafing uh i happily didn't have any chafing this time um i'm sore in some weird places like my hip flexors are very sore um which mine my are destroyed like i expected my quads to be sore and they are my hip flexors are really really sore my trapezius muscles in my upper back those are really oh, sore yes um, which I think is interesting. Um, and then there's a few places where I clearly have like some trauma, like my right knee is sore from falling down. I didn't fall down nine times like I did last year. I basically had a couple of stumbles and then I had two falls, but neither of them were significant, but I clearly bumped my knee pretty hard at least once. And so that's kind of feeling bruised. Um, and then my, my shoulder is sore from running into a branch. <laughs> um, so, so like like weird stuff like that so a few scratches a few weird things um but otherwise everything's kind of normal um eric, eric any any weird traumatic or stress related soreness from you well i just had a question for you first you said there's no chafing so why not like what have you been doing recently to prevent chafing? Oh goodness! So are, are you gonna are you, you gonna is, is this you bragging about squirrels nut butter that you recommended Yes, that's exactly uh, what it I is. I hate to tell you, buddy, I couldn't find my squirrel's nut butter, and so I didn't <laughs> use it before the race yesterday. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was using a different brand, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. So I, I I have been successful with it, though, and I do appreciate that. But, but So you sat there and watched me apply the squirrel nut butter and all that stuff before the race, and yeah. you didn't even ask. You went with Correct. Your Dude, I, I wasn't going to borrow your squirrel. Yeah, that, that feels like the sort of thing you don't borrow from someone else. <laughs> It's kind of like borrowing someone's underwear. Yeah, you can you can borrow the wrong size hydration pack. You cannot borrow somebody else's lubrication. I have a question for George also. <laughs> okay. I'm wondering if you think that our hip flexors are so sore because I distinctly remember after, you know, about 13 miles when you kind of go up back into the land trust. Mm -hmm. It is very runnable for many miles, but it's mm -hmm. all different size rocks that you're mm -hmm. running on. Yeah. There's yeah. no elevation for miles, but you're mm -hmm. not um you're not just running on trail. You're you're running on rocks. So yeah. I, it feels like you're kind of doing high knees. Yeah. For yeah. miles is how yeah. like and I think that's what did it to my hip flexors. What section might are you be, talking about again? You're talking about the middle section. section of the course, right? Right after it's it's up that first climb. It's it's in between the fourth and the fifth rest stops. It's um, mile thirteen to like nineteen. So yeah. after the after the first climb. 
Yes, it's it's uh, it's through and after the first climb. Yeah, the yeah. first big climb. And we're going to talk about that notion of that being okay. the first climb here in just a minute. But um, but but yeah, I think in part it was from jumping over rocks and skipping from rock to rock. I do think there's yeah. that. I also think that they're a little bit I think it's a braking function. Um, oh, like, yeah. And so so, and so I think there's a little bit of that from from going downhill and braking a little bit while, while going downhill, even though one of my mantras yesterday was let off the brakes let off the brakes. Um, and I did when I could, when I felt like it was safe, but, um, but, but, but I still think I have some braking issues there uh, or some soreness from braking there. Um, but yeah, I think so. So Eric, any chafing for you then? Any no weird injuries, anything injured? Well, no chafing, no, like, uh, no new injuries. I would say, um, yeah. I got a couple cuts and scrapes. I, I took a, I took two tumbles mm -hmm. and one of those I cartwheeled off the trail. I ended up like five feet off the trail and a couple of bushes, like my legs up in the air and there was no one around to see it. It was actually, it was pretty comical. And I, and at the end of the whole cartwheel, I actually hit a tree. So nice. it was like a whole, it was this whole thing. And it was one of those moments where I let off the brakes mm -hmm. and I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> So did you did you think of the song from the playlist where it says when you're falling in the forest and there's nobody around, do you no, ever really crash or even I, make a sound? I didn't think about the playlist at all. I, I thought about the playlist for ninety <laughs> percent of the race. The the funny story about that is that um so I, I had small cuts. There's actually two funny stories. You know, we, we joked about wearing socks that cover your shins to protect them. That apparently doesn't work. Um my, my <laughs> biggest cut slash abrasion is under where my sock was just under my knee under where my sock was but the other um the other funny thing was it wasn't much of a cut but i had enough of a cut on my leg that i was bleeding a little bit down my leg mm -hmm. and i don't the, the road crossing i guess in the final third yeah we're just about at the 10k part um and you cross the road and the police officers were there mm -hmm. So as we came up, this this guy and I are running together. And as we came up to that, I looked at the police officer and said, oh, man, the road's closed, right? He's like, yeah, the race is over. You guys all have to go home. And so I, I started to turn around. He goes, wait, you're our first bleeder. Because <laughs> it was like, I just had like this little like two inch like thing of blood going down my leg. So that was so that 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 caused a little bit but the only things that you know I, I talked about this in the lead up is like the back of my um left thigh my my kind of like upper hamstring that has turned into quite the painful uh portion of my leg mm. um and so that's that, that that got worse let's just say that that got worse okay i did a lot of physical therapy in the car the 570 miles i had to drive home Oof. from huntsville alabama last night Oof. so I, I was taking the rack racquetball and um, putting it under my leg and moving it you know mm. every couple of minutes uh mm. up and down the back back of my leg so it feels better but it's it's definitely it's going to require some physical therapy okay other than that though no i don't i don't have any chafing no, no you know obviously didn't break any bones which we heard happens at this yeah. race yeah so the it, all three of us went to the pre-race dinner. So after we recorded, we all went to the pre-race dinner. Um, and and the <laughs> race director um, uh, had a few things to share. And they showed a video and uh, the, in which uh, a 10 time winner talked about the uh, the, the course itself. Um, and it was funny because he said one thing that was really helpful and one thing that was really not helpful. 
Uh, and Michelle missed both of these because Michelle had to go ahead and duck out early because Michelle turns into a pumpkin at about eight o'clock. Um, and and the first thing he said that was helpful was he said, there's really only three climbs in this race. Um, he said, there's really only three. There's the one leading up out of 13 miles. There's the waterline climb. And then there's one up towards the finish. I and agree that, with him. That was super helpful for me. Like yeah. just conceptualizing it that way. There's three climbs, George. That that was really, really, really helpful for me. Um, um, so much so that we literally got to the bottom of the waterline climb. And I happened to be next to another guy right there. And I said, oh, is this the second climb? And he goes, this, he kind of looked at me like I was crazy. He goes, this is the waterline. And I was like, oh, yeah. But we, it felt like we got there really quickly mm-hmm. because I was just focused on, okay, there's only three climbs. We went through the first one, successfully navigated. Here we are at the second one, right? Um, and then the third one, we were just kind of running for the finish. Um, so that was super helpful, um, just thinking about the course's three climbs. <laughs> then, But literally the last thing he said, he was almost like not quite ready to dismiss everybody yet and was, was kind of just riffing and didn't really know how to how to wrap it up or what sentiment to leave us with. And he just kind of randomly goes, people break bones here every year. <laughs> people go to the hospital every year. <laughs> and, and I looked at Eric and I was like, I don't know if I would have closed with that. <laughs> not necessarily helpful information. Right. Um, and so it definitely kind of went through my, my mind a few times. I was like, well, I definitely don't want to be the person to break bones this year. I sure hope that Eric and Michelle aren't the people who end up breaking bones. It's evidently that happens every year. Um, but haven't heard anything about whether that happened this year or not. We do know there was, what, 434 starters is what they said uh, ended up starting. And then we haven't seen the final results yet to see exactly how many people finished there. Um, but do know a few people probably missed the cutoff. Um, uh, hey, on ahead, that, that note of what you just said about um, the three climbs, that was super helpful to me, too because I knew about where the climbs were. So every time I hit a climb, and there were some little short ones, right? I knew I wasn't at the base of one of those big climbs if I wasn't at the base of one of those big climbs. So it was like, okay, just roll over this. Right. Because you would see people in the first 10 miles of the race, or I would, um, they'd start walking. Mm-hmm. We'd be, we hit a climb and they start walking. I'm like, man, this is not the climb to walk right. on. Like, if you're right. going to walk on it, walk on Waterline, walk on these other two big climbs that are, you know, half to a mile long and, you know, serious grade, you know, like hike those things. Don't do it now. And I just, mm-hmm. so I would just roll over those things. And for the first 15, I guess, all the way through Waterline, I'm just cruising by people that are walking up these non climbs. Right. So I think I that, that was really helpful to me from a, like an in the moment type thing. I agree for the same reason. I agree. I agree. Because you knew you also kind of had markers like I did in my mind of where the climbs were. Mm-hmm. I knew that water, I knew the first climb was right after coming out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Right. And then right. I knew that waterline, it was like a 90 degree turn and then it's like straight and I, you yeah. could see it coming. Yeah. I, I could. And, 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 there, and there were fans standing at the bottom yeah, playing there. Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last climb, I know you had to go through the, the uh, boggy area mm-hmm. and it was like a little flat. And then all of a sudden you see Which it. Which was super just, boggy. You start, mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, this is the, the final climb. I'm in the last two miles. It's the exactly. final climb. Exactly. So th- it was obvious where those were. And I think that um, that really helped me to know this is not the final climb or this is not a big climb. I'm just going to, because you, yeah. you can't really see the trail always and where it's going, but you know, it's not the big one. I mean, I, we tried to share that information with Michelle the morning of the race, but she was not really 
feeling it. When you show up 17 <laughs> minutes before the race starts and you're handing her gear that she usually has laid out and fixed and put together hours before she goes to bed, it's not the best time yeah. to start transmitting information to Michelle about the race she's about to run. No, but I knew that I had also divided the whole race into thirds. I mean, mm. mostly also a little bit based on the conversation that I had before the race. Um, and I very much looked at it as like three major climbs. Mm. And I will say that I think the waterline climb, which for listeners is mile 24. So, but that also came very quick to me and mm. I wasn't in a massive Congo line this year. And it mm. honestly, the amount of fear and trepidation and anxiety I carried around about that climb for two years and then 24 miles leading up <clears> to it yesterday felt so unnecessary when I got to the top of it. Hmm. Like awesome. I was almost just laughing for a little bit. I was like, <laughs> I mean, we had a, we had an idyllic weather day, which helped. Um, hmm. But, you know, based on where I finished, like there's probably 200 people that climbed up before me and it was fine. Hmm. I mean, it just didn't feel like the death trap that I, I had remembered it or I had made it out in my mind to be. Yeah. Um, See, and yeah, I, I also felt like it came pretty quick. Like, oh, okay, well now we're done. Now we just have one more. And and I I wasn't I wasn't super worried about the waterline climb because that was part of the things that I felt like I could do better. I was like, yeah, we'll get up to the top and I'll scramble up, but I know how to do it because I know what's coming now. Whereas I still knew the descent on down the backside of that. I knew that that was going to be difficult and it was still, um, oh, but even just kind of being prepared for it. Like I was going down that descent and I was like, George, you, you've known this, like this is the place that you've known was going to be difficult. And so, so don't beat yourself up about it. Just get it done and get on through it. And let's get to that last climb. That was, that became my mantra for a little while. Get to the final climb, get to the final climb. Uh, so I don't, so. I don't want to belabor this, but I do want to mention something about waterline the the waterline climb the first three quarters of it not really that hard yeah it's, it's, not it's, steep. it's, it's, it's no it's hill. just yeah. trail yeah. i ran it that looks, way yeah on strava it looks like a freaking wall but that's because you're compressing 31 miles into that little width of the screen mm. it's you're looking up at, I kept saying, well, when is this going to get worse? And, and then the last quarter, like, okay, when you literally when you cross over that climbing. waterfall. Yeah. When you're literally using your whole body to climb, you cross <laughs> yeah. over the little waterfall and then you yeah. have to use the rope to climb up one side and then you're yeah. literally like scrambling. Yeah. So, so that, that's what I just, I was completely unaware of that last year. I like literally did not know that existed until somebody mentioned it offhand the day before the race last year. Um, and I was so unprepared for it mentally, um, physically, and every other way. So just looking at the Strava segment, waterline trail climb is three fourths of a mile with like a 15% grade. Mm -hmm. And I did it. I think I did it five minutes faster this time, that three fourths of a mile than Me two years ago. Me too. So I was really happy with that. Awesome. Um, Very good. Very good. And um, I, and I will say there was, there was a guy behind me and he clearly could have climbed it he could have gone around me over the water right before the climb but he said to me he's like i'll just stay below you so if you have a problem i'll help you and and i was like that was amazing i didn't need him i didn't need anything but just to know that the person behind me wasn't annoyed That's or cool. feel feeling like i was blocking him from passing me or anything and That's he cool. was fine just to kind of hang out and let me complete the climb yeah that was very cool that, that is was, cool that is cool yeah. all right so so 
that reminds me of two things, or I've been reminded mm-hmm. of two things that, that from our, our pre-race conversation. One is that when I was describing the course to Eric during our pre-race conversation, I said that when you come out of that park at the third rest stop, right around the half marathon mark, um, there's a red gate there. Um, and it turns out, and this is something else I learned from the dinner, is that they put that red gate in a different place every single year. <laughs> yeah. So when I did it two years ago, the red gate was at the finish line. If you look at finish line pictures from 2021, everybody who knows what they were doing jumped over the red gate before they Mm. stepped across the finish line. But this year it was back in like, it was around like mile 20 out and back or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was so weird. It was kind of, yeah. 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 So, so that, so that was one thing. And the red gate has a little bit of lore around the race. Um, uh, And then the other thing um, that, that, and there's a few other things I kind of wrote down from our, our, uh, pre-race conversation that I definitely want to circle back to here, but Michelle, one of the things you talked about was how people having fun, like, like two years ago when you did it, everybody else was having fun. You felt like you weren't having fun. Yeah. Um, and, and you asked the question, quote, how can I just have fun? Unquote. I had a really good time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's just it was fun i I, I thought about that when i when i listened to your first impressions i was like to the degree that that was the most important thing i feel like she checked that box i totally checked that box but it it really helps to to have good weather and i mean when you guys talk about the boggy part i don't know what it was like when you ran through it but i promise you an hour and a half later when i ran through it it was ankle deep mud, yeah. no, and every gross. every yeah. way around, right or left, yeah. you guys destroyed all that. Like right. all of you men in front yes, of we all did. of us. Mm-hmm. So even to the right and to the left, it, it, I'm sure at one point in time it was good. Um, but I don't I don't think it's ever good. That I mean, he I even had, said that the night before. He said he said that hollow gets worse every year. He says there's always water down there. We're talking worse every year. ankle deep mud. Yeah. No, and you're right. Time, I, I I agree with you. One time I thought I had. I had stepped out of my shoe. That's the sensation that I that I had. I hadn't, thankfully. God, so, that would be so how did you How did you deal with that? I, I wanted to ask you this. So the the creeks, we talked about this at the finish of the race. Oh. You said, you know, after going down the, yeah, the, so, the long downhill, like how did yeah. you deal with that? And how did you deal with the boggy sections? So everything that I climbed this year, I climbed way better than two years ago, according to Strava. All the down sections, I actually think I freaked out more this year. I'm slower on all the downs. Hmm. Because of the downs, because of the the like trepidation that I carried on the downs, once we got to the creeks, my legs felt so unstable that hmm. as everybody rock, you know, skipping rocks across creeks, I went in every single creek. I just went straight in the water. <laughs> also, and I'll tell you, it felt really good. Once you get over the shock of being, you know, like shin deep in ice cold water in January. Um, so not only was I carrying the mud from the bogs, but I would occasionally get to wash my shoes off. That was just the only way that I dealt with it, but it would have been a lot easier to run through the bogs if my shoes hadn't been sopping wet from going in the creeks. But in my mind, getting across on the rocks, they were already so wet and so muddy from so many people in front of me. I just, I would have broken something. I would have fallen in the water. It would have been the end of the race. It felt like I I had no trust that I could, you know, skip on one foot and land on the rock. So I just went in the creeks. Mm -hmm. My shoes were really heavy at the end. See, And and imagine (laughs) last year, and I said this in my first impressions post-race. Imagine Eric, the all ice. the water you saw last uh, yesterday. Imagine all of that being frozen ice. I mean, well, being oh, yeah. ice, being frozen, right? 
I, I, I was going down into McKay's Hollow, going down that descent, and and I was faster on both the the ascents and the descents this year, faster on both of them, um, and and that's in part because of the weather, that's in part because I was more confident, that's in part because my shoes were better, um, uh, it's it's it was just a lot of things, but um, but but I also just had this moment at one point where I was like, how the hell did I do this last year? Like, how did I do this when all this stuff was covered in ice? Like I'm crossing these creeks and they feel dangerous yesterday when it was perfect weather, pretty much. Um, I was like, how did I do this when all of this was just completely frozen? Like, how did I actually get across this? Well, I fell nine times. That's how. (laughs) 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 And I didn't. And that was that was the other thing, too, is that that I I recall I had forgotten this. I think I had blocked this out of my head. That that rocky section that you were talking about, Michelle, that middle section that's so rocky where where you're just always stepping on and off of rocks and and, and that sort of thing. There's just so many like small sized rocks in there. Yeah. Last year, every step hurt in that section. Yep. Either either hurt my Achilles on the left side or it hurt my back, which I banged up at the 5K mark on my right side. So literally every step hurt. Um, And that went in the situation yesterday, which was obviously much better. Um, um, and, and that, that not only helped me physically, but mentally that helped me. I was in a, I was in like a really good mood for the entire race yesterday. I actually really I enjoyed a, it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I do uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of gear, let's talk about gear real quick. So we, we spent a lot of time speaking about shoes, of course, leading up to it. And then because of the weather, there was a big swing between mid thirties to mid fifties. And because there was that swing there, we were worried that, you know, what exactly we were going to wear and that sort of thing. I ended up feeling really good about my gear. My clothing was just right. Both of you will appreciate. Um, you know, we we ran the first two or so miles, two and a half miles on asphalt, and then we took about a 180 degree turn into the trail. Which, yep. by the way, most trail races do that. Most of them, you know, you kind of start in asphalt and and then you sort of dive onto the trail. There's something really kind of exciting about diving onto the trail on a trail race i feel like mm-hmm. like here, here we go Agreed. you know what i'm saying like that's even more enlivening than the gun um the gun which by the way yesterday there was no on your mark get set we were literally just sitting there talking taking a photo and the shotgun fires and everybody starts running <laughs> i i so can we talk about that for a second because so, so, i already yeah, yeah. had i already had so much trepidation about starting the race i just as we were driving back there on in the morning, I was like, I'm really scared. Like, I'm just, I'm just scared right now. Mm-hmm. But, and to not even have a, okay, welcome to the 2021. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, also, I think if you look at the pictures that we were taking, yeah. the last one, if you click the live, I'm falling backwards. You can hear the, go- like, it's just, <laughs> there was no, um, yeah, my, yeah. my watch wasn't so, but, even in the moat. My watch wasn't even in the moat. Right. Oh, like, my to say nothing of not started. Right. Yeah. But I spent, but the start was so flustering for me that I really spent, (laughs) I think this first 20 minutes just telling myself to relax. Mm -hmm. Like, it's fine. You're fine. You had everything. You weren't expecting the gun to go off. You got off with everybody. You're on the road. You're in a good position. Um, You know, and, but that, that was, that was awful. That is like an easy fix, but maybe Mm -hmm. that's just. It might have been like that before. Maybe that's just what he always does. I don't know. Uh, I, I assume that's what he always does. Um, well, but yeah, it's I, don't, awful. I don't remember either. I don't remember. Either. <laughs> I did tell Eric the night before. I was like, "Oh, by the way, Eric, he starts the race by firing a shotgun 
and it's loud. So be ready for that. Because I remember last year him firing the shotgun and it being like, holy crap, like, what was that? Um, uh, but this one, it was not just the shotgun. It was the fact that it sort of came out of the blue. Right, but um, we were trying to record a voice memo. I mean, yeah, we yeah. were well, not well, ready I, to I remember, run. <laughs> I, remember, I remember looking at my watch. It was 6.59. I was like, oh, I guess we were going to start we're a few like, minutes late. We have plenty late. of time. Yeah. And no, because I was waiting for him to turn off the music and say, all right, everybody, here we go. And he never said it. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, when we dove down into the trail there, I was in about 15th place at that point. You can count all the people since it was like one a 180 degree turn. Um, and the first person I passed once we actually got onto the trail was wearing Adidas Trail Speed Ultras. <laughs> Poor guy. Terex. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Adidas Terex Speed Ultras. Uh, the same shoes that I wore last year, which were the wrong shoes. And I was like, oh, you poor, poor bastard. <laughs> yeah, I passed that guy later too. I, I I thought about him several times during the race. Like whenever I took a corner kind of fast or in some muddy space, I was like, oh, have fun with that one, Atsu guy. Um, I was I was not very generous to him with my inner dialogue uh, throughout the course of the race. But but I thought that was kind of funny. Um, it turned out my clothes were just right. Um, the clothing that I wore was was I was warm and comfortable pretty much the entire time. Um, I ended up taking six gels over the course of the race um three of which had caffeine three of which didn't and then i drank probably about 70 ounces of water um, from a bottle that i was just shoving in the back of my pants um, and every time we went into a a uh, rest stop um i didn't bother to stop at the last the last stuff is literally 30 miles um and so so the five rest stops before that every time we went in i would basically hand that bottle to a volunteer and ask him to fill it up with water and then i would just sit there and pounding coke and mellow yellow <laughs> until until they were done and then i would run off um and so i have to actually be mindful of about the amount of caffeine i drink today if i drink my normal amount of caffeine today i'll have caffeine withdrawals so i have to because <laughs> i had so much caffeine yesterday <laughs> that's incredible um yeah so i'm actually drinking extra caffeine today to wean myself back off of the extremely high level of caffeine i just i could i couldn't i was like wired last night at midnight like watching 1923 i could not sleep last night i was so tired and couldn't sleep because of the caffeine i had yesterday well so. yeah you don't look good you kind of look like shit maybe oh, you didn't get good sleep <laughs> i appreciate that appreciate that um but uh but um uh, but yeah i mean but it worked. I mean, I had a really good race. I was very excited with how the race went. I mean, and and so uh, gear, nutrition, uh, all that stuff was good. The only thing I would change with my gear is I needed a thicker pair of socks. My feet were hurting at the end, which I, in, at the time, was kind of chalking up to my shoes and to the fact that I just haven't been on my feet for four and a half hours um, up to now in a while. Um, and I think it's actually just because my socks were, I, I need a little bit more cushion there in my socks. I think I what was socks were you wearing? Um, I was wearing a pair of CEP socks that I always race in. Oh, okay. um, Very and, thin. Yeah. And, and they, they, they were thin. Yeah. If I, if I bought a, like a brand new pair of socks, then it might've been different. might've been different. But, okay. Yeah. I'd highly recommend the socks that I purchased for this race. I'll send you a link. Cool. You know, that Thanks sounds that. like a great segue into the gear that Michelle used other than her vest. Cause we've already covered that. Right, right, right. So, sure. so Michelle, tell us what, tell us about your gear and whether, whether it worked out for you. Um, so in terms of gear, I mean, we all wore the endorphin edge, the Saucony endorphin edge. Mm -hmm. I mostly wore it because I wanted to not have a situation where at the end of the day, you guys had a better pair of shoes on than me. So if the shoes sucked, I wanted it to suck <laughs> for all of us. Right. Um, I think we all wore the right shoes, especially over all those miles of even just so. the little rocks. I thought the yeah. rock plate, I mean, I thought it was, I, I mean, too. you had to 
get on the rocks and you had to keep running but i thought that they were incredible shoes shoes for this course and the really slick rocks and stuff i just i think you're just you just got to put your foot down and go or just walk in the water nicely like i did um so i don't know that there's any shoe that would have you know stuck to to that type of slickness um i wore a pair of really lightweight tights and i started in a long sleeve shirt with a quarter zip and then switched quickly to uh i just carried like a smart wool shirt sleeve shirt in my in my vest so i switched really quickly uh at the second aid station it got too warm i had a buff around my neck kept it on the whole time switched from like an ear warmer to a visor and Mm -hmm. kept on my gloves um just like a mid-weight pair of gloves i purposely kept them on till after 24 I wanted the um, grip on the gloves Mm -hmm. to be able to aid me up the climb, especially Mm -hmm. if the pipes and the trees and the rope and stuff were wet and slick, which they were. My gloves were covered and the bottom of the gloves were, they looked like they were just covered in dirt. Mm -hmm. Um, But hopefully they're in the washer. Actually, George with your vest and Eric with your buff. Hopefully all the (laughs) mud comes out of everything. I'll check that out after. Um, So yeah, I was really happy with, what I wore, I purposely, uh, for me felt like I underdressed a tiny bit, but I think it's because I had been overdressing on some of these runs and really just losing, uh, too much fluid and, and salt. Um, in terms of nutrition, I think we've spoken a little bit, but I have been working with like a registered dietitian for the last, um, well, since December 5th, actually. And I've made a bunch of changes. Um, I had a massive, sodium issue. So for this race, basically my sweat test showed that in, in the average range of being a heavy sweater, I'm really heavy, but I'm actually just super salty. Um, so I had scratch hydration mixed in with water. I had soft flasks. Um, I drank 105 ounces of water. I was out there for much longer than four and a half hours. Um, in my mind, I thought I'd be out there seven hours. I was a little bit slower than that, but So all in all, I had 105 ounces. I had four Morton gels to begin with, and that's about as many as I can take, but I made sure to get them in at the 40 minute mark, no later, especially because the first 13 miles are really runnable. Like if I look at my heart rates at one, like I'm running for the first, I barely stopped in the first 13 miles. So I was happy to kind of front load the first uh, two and a half hours. Then I switched to real food. I had made two almond butter and jelly sandwiches on like just Wonder Bread. Um, And I ate half of those at a time over like the next two hours. And then I switched to just Cliff Blocks, uh, the salted watermelon. And I ended up eating about 18 of those. Um, And and then I was kind of done. I didn't need anything in the last hour. It was so much hiking that it just felt like I was, I was done with, with nutrition and that was perfect. That was, um, I also took a salt pill. I was supposed to take a salt pill every hour. I only got in four sort of just kept, kept forgetting about them. Um, but yeah, I was really, really, really happy with the way that that went. Um, I've never been able to take in so much being mm-hmm. out for such a long period of time. And I never felt like under fueled or thirsty. Good. It was just really, I was really lucky in that regard. Uh, Good. I don't I mean, think you were lucky. I think you were smart. Yeah. Give yeah. yourself credit. Well, yeah. So the vest was frustrating because it doesn't hold the flasks the way that maybe my body just doesn't fill it out in a way. So everything just fell in the pockets. Like I had 15 ounces and it was just like hanging, like you couldn't see the top of the flasks, except for when I first started, you could see the straws, but I was able to find everything and, and get it in. And, you know, there's enough for me, there was enough walking in the second half. There was always time to eat or drink when I wasn't when I didn't need to be running or I wasn't able to be running. So I was, I was very happy with the way that that went. 
Um, Eric, feel good about gear and nutrition? Yeah. I, speaking about the shoes, uh, one of the ways I stayed awake last night driving back from Huntsville to Raleigh <laughs> was I went back and I listened to old podcasts. Oh, gosh. And I, I was listening specifically to the podcast leading up to the Mountain Mist races that y'all did. Mm. And one of them we did was um, shoe recommendations. Mm-hmm. And every shoe that I recommended you possibly wear, George, would have been the absolute worst shoe for this race. <laughs> Great. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> they, were, they were all a disaster. Um, and I'm glad that you didn't try any of those. Now, shoes were such a big deal. And you guys asked after, or Michelle asked after this, like, what did you guys think about the shoes? And I said, honestly, my feet don't hurt. My calves don't hurt. And my quads hurt less than they should. And I thought about that during the race. I was like, my quads hurt way less than they should right now, or than they have in other races. Hmm. Uh, I ran a 30K where my quads were exploding at the end of the race, and they were nowhere near that at the end of this race. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of tech in that shoe that helps out with that. So so the shoe was good. I I wore those uh, Smartwool socks that come up just below my knees, and I think that was perfect. And this goes into the temperature. I, I'm, I, I have a lot of difficulty with cold temperatures with my feet and my hands. So um, I was wearing a pair of uh, REI gloves and I was wearing those tall socks, those tall wool socks. And um, my feet were never cold and my hands were never cold. Now I did keep those gloves on for the entire race. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, did I you did. Use, have, did you use uh, the hot hands? Did you use hand warmers? I, I left those in there the entire race too. Me too. And, and funny thing about that, when I got home at one o'clock in the morning and I was picking up all the stuff out of the car, I'd thrown them into a bag. And the bag I was reached warm. down into this bag, I was like, what's in here? And they were still warm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was crazy. They were still warm. So, but um, now up top, you know, I, I told you, George, that night, I was like, we were trying to figure out like the order of the shirts. Like, do you put the long sleeve smart wool on the bottom and then put a wicking shirt over that a t-shirt over that or do you and i said you know i think i want to put the t-shirt on the bottom because there's a good chance i'm going to get down to just a t-shirt at some point in this race mm-hmm. i was down to a t-shirt at mile six is that when the <laughs> you know like the yeah. first aid yeah. station yeah both of the long sleeve shirts came off the smart wool cap came off and wow right on the ground and i took off and i was in a t-shirt for the rest of the race wow really okay yeah. So and in, gloves and gloves, t-shirt and gloves. That's what practice. I ran in mostly. Yeah. And and I thought that was, that was pretty clutch. I, and I want, I do want to make a shout out to um, Sherpa Eric, uh, huge help, huge help having someone at an aid station that you can just drop stuff with, get a couple of encouraging words and then move on. It's nice to see a familiar face too. And nice yeah. to see a familiar face. There, there are plenty of nice people at ultras, but it was nice to see someone who, you know, who is going to take care of your crap when you drop it on the ground. And mm-hmm. he, I, I'm, I'm throwing sweaty stuff at the guy and he grabs mm-hmm. it and he, he, he's going to give it back to me in the end. So that was kind of mm-hmm. nice. Absolutely. Um, now, Absolutely. The, the new thing that I used in this race that I've never used before. And so I'm sitting in the hotel room debating hydration vest or <laughs> Solomon belt, hydration vest or Solomon belt. And ding, I get this <laughs> message from Michelle asking about the vest. And I said, and I think my response to her was it's yours or sure, whatever, because she really just helped me make that decision. Right. And so I have this Solomon belt that uh, Vizumzi purchased for Christmas for me. It's like a $20 item. And um, 
it's not one that you like wear like a belt like around your waist you actually wear it just a little bit above your waist like I, I guess it's more actually it's more like at your waist whereas we now wear most of our pants below our waist kind of i, I don't really know how these but i stuffed a ton of um uh, gels in there all spring energy gels two liquid iv packets and um i think that's about it that's what i stuffed into that thing and that thing was awesome i didn't i like to think of gear if if i forget it's there it's good gear right and i forgot it was there and when you first put it on every time i first put it on I'm like ah it's kind of tight i'm not gonna like this but i totally forgot about it while i was running until i needed something out of it and then i just mm -hmm. pulled it out mm -hmm. um along the, the lines of uh, hydration and uh fueling though uh it was a i call it the the um the solution of twos <laughs> I took two liquid IVs during the race. I took two spring energy, awesome sauce, um, um, gels and George, that's the 180 calorie, uh, gel wow. they have. It's like an applesauce. It's like a really yeah. thick applesauce. Yeah. So it's like four normal gels, right? So I, I took those two gels and then I had two bottles of Gatorade and I had at two aid stations, I drank two bottles of water at the aid station. So I did like two bottles of water twice at an aid station. So mm -hmm. it was like the game of twos. And I never felt depleted. I never felt um, like I needed to take in more or I took in too much. And a lot of times at the end of a race, I'm just completely dehydrated. I'm, I'm like, you know, I really messed that up or I'm like way over hydrated. I've, I've been in that position a couple of times before. This wasn't either of those. It was just kind of like normal. It was like a, like a normal day at the park, you know? So I think I, think I kind of nailed that. Good. Both from a gear standpoint and from a, from a hydration and fueling standpoint. Excellent. Very good. Very good. Very good. All right, so last couple of things I want to talk about here. Let's circle back to couple of quick things from the uh, from the, the pre-conversation. Um, uh, I do want to mention that at one point we were, we started arguing during the pre-conversation about whose idea this was to actually do this. Um, and in retrospect, I think that reflected a lot of uh, Michelle's nervousness at the time. Um, but Michelle happened to go back in her email and found an email from herself to the rest of us that actually showed that she was the first person to suggest that we do it again. <laughs> that email does not suggest that you do it again. It said the only way you're going to get over this is to go back and do it again. Yes, you, George. The email was to you. <laughs> it's in reply to a, to one of the dozen emails that you sent us once you got to the pictures from the race from 2022, lamenting about your experience. Yes, George, you go back, do it again. Try again. Let us know how it goes. Maybe it'll be better next time. Have okay. fun, George. Okay. Well, wait, wait. So, Michelle, how did that turn into you signing it for the race at midnight the first night that it opened? You know, I don't like, is this therapy or is this a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I, th I thought what Michelle said on the pre-race uh, portion about the, the well, if George thinks he can go back and do better, it was almost sort of a FOMO thing where, where Michelle wanted to go back and do better too. Yeah, it's George's Which I thought fault. was interesting. Um, but, but, well, it may be George's fault, but in answering the question, how did I end up here? It was definitely Michelle who first suggested that any of us return back and try and do it better. 
Um, <laughs> any of us i've never done this before so so uh you're right i just right. did this because i wanted to hang out with you too this <laughs> so, and we did which was good second thing to circle back around from from the the pre-race uh conference or, or conversation that we had was michelle saying that she thought it was ugly <laughs> now, so, now that, now that was, we've all run it when you're yeah. when you're having a good time and you're having a good day there were parts of it where i kept thinking this is really beautiful out here like I feel I was thinking, God, Eric is gonna think we are some dumb well, I don't even want to say what I was gonna say, but mofos, but like there were parts of it that were so pretty. Mm. Like you can see you're you're up top, you could see all of downtown Huntsville. I Huntsville's not pretty, but just the like you there's parts of it where you're running on a ridge. I didn't I didn't when you're I was so miserable last time, I didn't I notice agree. anything. Yeah. Um and there's waterfalls. With it, the, uh, it looks the prettier greenish. when you're better. <laughs> yeah, when you cross over and it's kind of got the light, yeah, and greenish, right? Crossover, even the creek crossings. Cupped. Yes. Oh, that was the oh, the, 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 the sunrise. Go... The sunrise oh, the right sunrise there in the first was two uh, in the first two yeah. miles was fantastic. Yeah. 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 So, so I, th I think we can agree that that maybe you were saying the course was ugly was more uh, related to your experience in the course in the past. I will say that 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 boggy section in the last oh, uh, so five gross. miles down where all that water is um uh, in mckay's hollow that's probably objectively ugly oh, yeah it's, <laughs> and kind of gross yeah um, it's yeah. mostly ugly because of all the people going through there right like right. if it wasn't so bogged out and nasty i it's it's not a like i i like those foresty areas but mm. no you're just like slogging through this you know that yeah. feels more like running through sewage. That doesn't feel like a nice, you know, muddy, foresty <laughs> area. I kept on, I keep on, I'm always expecting this like smell of, of sewage. And, and it doesn't, it didn't happen because it's obviously not sewage, but it does just smell like a bog. You're in a bog. You're running through a bog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So last thing to circle back to that I want to circle back to from the pre-race conversation was Michelle, you happened to say when we were talking about Bucky's that that one of the things that you have a whole lot of in your house is pint glasses. Oh, that's a good segue. And now yeah, so. <laughs> you got another pint glass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just um, I went in and they give you an index card like to show that you finished and then you go give it to get your post-race award. And I have one from two years ago, but it's, it's everything but shattered. Like I kept it turned upside down under books for like the last two years. Cause I never wanted to see it again. So I went in to go get it's this. A, it's year's. a piece of shale. It's cool. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's very cool. It says right. 2023 finisher this year. Mm -hmm. Um, So they are like, don't worry about your card. What's your name? And I said, Michelle Frank. And they're like, oh, you've got an age group award. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm trying to convince them that there's no way I got an age group award. Um, but I did. Yeah. And the age. Oh, no, I was really like, no, it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, there's No, I just came here for like moral redemption. I didn't get an age group award. <laughs> and these people are like, could you take your glass, your age group award? We have the results. Like, please go um, away. Yeah. <laughs> go away, crazy lady. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they gave a I think everybody's pint glass says like, quote, top finisher. But that just, um, you know, I, I was. I was a little slower than I had wanted to be, but I think once you have a 28 minute downhill mile and it's it, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, well, the time is a little bit irrelevant. If you can walk a 
downhill mile and it takes you 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, getting that pint glass felt like that was just the, I don't know. It, I couldn't have imagined like a better, it, I was already happy. I was already like, I already had fun out there. I already was, you know, happy to have made the decision to come back and happy to also be just like, have made peace with that place. Cool. Um, but to get the pint glass just felt like, you know, the, the finish the line on pictures. Top. Yeah. The finish line pictures from two years ago. I mean, my head is buried in my, my heart. Like I am crying. I'm not even looking up at the camera. And then, and then this year, like, you know, and I didn't even really think about that till today. Um, but then I have a picture of like holding the glass at the finish line. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Sherpa Eric is telling me, yeah, they're coming to the finish. You know, can you, can you be there at the finish and take a video? And I totally flubbed that by the way. I, I apologize fine. once more, Michelle, but I'm standing there at the finish and Michelle comes across the finish and I didn't know like how the race went for Michelle. And I've never been <laughs> at the finish of a race for Michelle. Like I, 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 you know, I don't know. And she's got like, she comes across, she's obviously ex exhausted. She's trying to tell them what her number is. Cause her number had come off of her. Yeah. Plates. <clears throat> and she says, she says, uh, she looks up at me and she's got this big smile on her face. And I was like, yes, you had a good time. And she's like, oh, it was so much fun. And I gave her a big hug. And I was like, this is so awesome. Like, yeah. this is what, the, of all the things I wanted to happen, I really wanted Michelle to enjoy the race. Time, who cares? You know, like finish safely and enjoy it. And she enjoyed it. And then you go and get the uh, the age group award, which I think was, yeah, it was so cool. A, no concept that that, that that was waiting for me. Um, yeah, you kept it. You were like, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And I was like, I just want to sit down. And you're like, well, you should get out of the way of the finish line a little bit. <laughs> and I just like found found the grass. I'm like, I just, I don't need anything, man. I just need to sit on the ground and you do need nothing. To shut up and let me sit on the ground. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I felt kind of bad because, you know, I think Eric had come out. He had come out two and a half miles to run us in or to run me in. <laughs> and the last... Um, you you have a huge climb the last mile, the biggest climb of the whole race, getting out of McKay's Hollow. And then you have 1.4 miles from the last aid station, which serves chili and beer. And once we got up that climb, he grabbed a beer and I just took off. <laughs> because I there were two women that were also stopped there. And I had been trying to catch them all day after they had passed me going down into McKay's Hollow. And I was basically, well, I can beat them to the finish line because it's a one, I had heard 1.4 to 1.8 miles and I was 100% able to run. Although I say that now and my last mile was, I think like an 11 and a half minute mile, but in my mind, I was going much faster than that. Um, so I mostly was, you know, a little bit nervous that he was going to be upset that I just left him in the dust, but I was fine at the finish. I was, I just, yeah, I just wanted to change my clothes and get my God, the shoes are so gross at the finish. Are your shoes still so gross? My shoes are. My shoes are gross. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> yeah. My shoes are uh. in the washer. Eric, tell us about your finish. So I've, I've run a lot of ultras and I, I've never had this experience before. I come across the finish line and much like Michelle, the last 1.6 miles, I was running away from somebody. Hmm. This, this person appeared out of nowhere and he's like chasing me down from the last, well, I think he's chasing me down from the last climb and then the last aid station. I'm like, to hell with getting past in the last 1.6 miles of this race. Mm. So I'm, 
I'm killing it. And I'm probably running a 10 minute mile too, you know, but I feel like I'm killing it. And I come across the finish line and they say, what's your number? And I'm 112. And they hand me this card and it's a three by five index card that says 23 finisher award. Like, what do I do with this? Right. But I'm, I'm instantly cold. I'm instantly cold. So I walk away from the finish line and I go to the car and George is gone. So, and I'm, I'm, I know Michelle's going to come through. So I go to the car and I clean up and change and get in warm clothes because I am freezing at this point. Uh, it's just part of like my, my physiology. So I get all bundled up and then I start walking back to the lodge and I realize I've got this card in my hand. So I'm like, what do I do with this? This is the dumbest thing like I've ever been handed at the end of a race. So I find the first guy who's doing something that looks official and I look him right in the eyes and I said, I've run a lot of ultras. This is the shittiest finish award I have ever received. <laughs> it could have at least been a five by eight card, but no, it's a three and a half inch. And the guy looks at me and his eyes get really, really big. I'm like, dude, I'm just kidding. Where, where do I go with this? <laughs> and he, he says, oh, you go, you go over there to that room. So I go over there and they give me the, the slate also, which is very cool. I, Melissa is totally impressed with that. She's like, what? I've never run a race where they give me something cool like this. But yeah, it is, it is really cool, that slate. And then they say, oh, well, when it check and see if you got an age group or where I said, eh, I don't think so. You know, I was 23rd. There's, there's a lot of people out there. One of the cool things about my age group is that there's a lot of fast people in my age group. And they get master's awards or they get top <laughs> finishers awards in the race. So it just kind of indexes all of us kind of fast age group runners into the age group awards. So I ended up getting second in my age group because George wasn't considered in my age group. <laughs> George, um, he could talk about his finish. But so it was it was kind of cool. I got my own little beer glass. Um, it was and it's a very cool glass. And the lady hands it to me and she goes, and it says top finisher. So if they don't look at the results, you can say you won. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> and I said, Are they all the same? She said, Yeah, they're all the same. All right. Uh, so awesome. yeah, it was it was a it was kind of a cool finish. It was uh, I and I, I I'll say this I've said I think I've said it already and in, in the our really post race thoughts this is a great ultra and mm -hmm. I I love the way that they ran that finish line. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agreed, agreed. So yeah, so I I described in our pre race conversation about how the one thing I was proudest of in last year's race was that a couple of people caught up with me during the descent. And I ran hard up the last climb and and then hard over the last ridge in order to get away from them. And I was really proud amidst all the other things I wasn't proud about at the end of the race last year. I was proud of that. This year, um, I was um, I was really excited about my placing. Um, I like I said, I'd gone into the woods at 15th place and just kind of steadily moved up. And I knew I was well into the top 10. Um by the time we got onto the waterline climb and then down the descent um, and going down the descent, a guy that I had pulled away from um, not only caught me going down the descent, but passed me and was just gone. Um, he just descended a lot better than I did. Um, and so, and he was gone. And so I chased him and basically just barely kept him in sight all through the boggy flat section there. Um, and we got to the final climb um, and I passed him going up the climb, going uphill. Um, but then he also did a pretty good job of hanging on over the top ridge. I only ended up putting about two minutes on him 
I, it was funny though, because as soon as he passed me, I was like, oh Lord, here we go again. I'm going to have to kill that last climb and that last ridge. I was, I was like, oh, I thought I was going to get to jog it in this year. I guess not. Um, but anyway, so, so yeah, did that finished sixth overall, um, finished second masters. Uh, there was well a guy done. from, from Chattanooga that was the first masters finisher. He finished like third or fourth overall. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it took a half hour off of what I ran last year, more than half an hour off of what I ran last year, which was kind of the goal actually. Um, I think you actually said at one point you could take 30 to 40 minutes off yeah. of your time. You felt yeah. like you could do that. And I that's did. exactly what you did. Yeah. I th- I thought like, I, I felt like I could take 30 minutes off. Um, and, and that's about what I did. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I was psyched about that. Um, I was, um, cross the finish line, was excited about it, was, you know, hung out, talked to a few people, um, and, and, uh, had a little bit of pizza, had a little bit of cookie cake. And then, as I mentioned in my uh, first impression thoughts, I had to, had to leave, um, because I had to go see my son's award ceremony at a tech competition they did yesterday morning. But they won, so I was glad I was there for that <laughs> to see them get their first ever first place medals for anything. Um, uh, I was actually there for that, and so that was pretty cool. Um, but was that uh, kind of gross? Did you feel gross? Like, oh, were awful. you just dying to shower? Or well, I, I kind of I wasn't dying to shower. I definitely felt gross. I was so muddy under my clothes. And I'm just sitting yes, there in the school yes. gym or the school <laughs> theater and and stuff. I, I told Eric uh, that that the worst part was that I parked in this school parking lot and then had to in order to get into the theater had to walk up a dirt embankment and i was oh, like oh no. my god i've had enough of these dirt <laughs> embankments today <laughs> um uh but yeah um and got my glass too and was excited about that i've probably used my mountain mist finisher glass from last year more than any other pint glass over the course of the past year and i will probably use this one a lot as well i'm currently wearing the t-shirt today um, see that um i like the t-shirt and and i'm i'm a fan yeah eric's wearing the hat um and so uh i'm happy about it uh, i wish i had gotten the hat eric's wearing you, i mean i know i got the, the, the... i was gonna say the three hats you got were enough. <laughs> well no so i got the pom-pom hat and i got the visor george yours and then i went back and yeah, I, I i gave michelle my hat because i didn't like any of the hats so i just i picked the um, one that she wanted and gave it to her yeah and then I went back for Eric's gray hat because they were selling stuff for five bucks, but they only had the white hat. But they were, I was upset that they didn't have the gray hat. So they're like, I'll just take the white hat. Don't worry about the cash. Mm. So I do have three hats now. I just don't have nice. the actual trucker hat that I want, but, but I have a plan. All right. She's got a <laughs> so, plan. So George, I just wanted to touch on a couple of things. So um, my, my big goal for this race was to hang out with you, you guys. And I, I think that that, that was achieved early on. I think my secondary goal was I really wanted Michelle to have a good race. I'm really glad that that worked out and that I was a small part of that. But my, my tertiary goal was like, this was supposed to be a kind of a, a big one for me. Like I, I really wanted to, to blow this one out of the water and events leading up to this, the week leading up to this, I got, I got a little sick and things got a little sideways and I don't think it really destroyed my race, but this was a for anybody considering this race, because I think this, you know, a big part of this podcast, like when we talk about these things, like, do you want to do this race? And, and Michelle is shaking her finger. No, 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 don't, don't, don't. I just, it's, it's a tough race, but it's not all that different from the big uh, ultra races I've done. I've done Beast of the East in Charlotte up here in North Carolina. Uh, I, I've talked about the Naked Mountain Ultra, which is a 30K. And that race was very similar to this very runnable sections, some sections that are not runnable at all, some downhill sections you got to be pretty careful on, lots of creek crossings, boggy areas, like 
is very similar. Um, but what I did differently in this race is I, I really like I tried to approach it from the standpoint of make it as a consistent an effort through the entire race as you can. Don't go out too fast and then like blow up in the end. I, I felt like I knew I was going to slow down as the race went on because all the hills are in the back half of the race, right? So th mm -hmm. that was understandable. And the race, I think it gets it's just harder. Like the second two thirds of the race mm -hmm. are just so much harder. So I knew more things rock, were more, slow more down. rocks, more creeks, more yeah, mud. more rocks and creeks. Mm -hmm. But one thing I, I I've always had trouble with is I want to like I want to be like in the top whatever percent of the finishers. Like I was like. And I, this is the first race where I just let that go hmm. because what I realized was I am not going to descend as fast as these people. I am not going to run over the rocky sections like some of these people do. My ankles just aren't strong enough for that. And I'm not confident enough on those downhills. And, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm supporting, you know, three college students and a wife. <laughs> like, I can't break my ankle. You, you don't want to be the person who's, who gets the bones broken since that happens to somebody every exactly. year. Exactly. You yeah. know, and I, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to take it easy here. But then I stressed the flat sections and the uphills. And I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to make up time. And I made this deal with myself. It was at the, at the 10, 13 mile point at that, that ballpark. I'm not getting passed by anybody my age. Younger yeah. than me? Okay. And I'll try to go with them if I can, but nobody my age is going to pass me. And that's what I held to for the rest of the race. Mm -hmm. And I was catching people that were my age, but I wasn't getting passed by anybody. The people passing me were half, maybe three quarters my age. And they weren't just passing me. They were blowing by me. On mm -hmm. the, but it was always on an uphill or a downhill. It was never on a flat. On the mm -hmm. flats, I was catching them, holding with them and all that. Um, but um I think that that mentality, my, that's more of my maturing and understanding kind of where my place is in these races. And it makes it more enjoyable. It takes off that stress of, I need to be in the top three or I need to, you know, master's award would be great someday, but I'm not even sure I'm really in that level, not at a race this size. As a turkey trot on, you know, Thanksgiving day. Yes, maybe like that. Well, I can go out there and compete at that. But so in, in, interestingly like enough, as soon as you let that go, you're going home with a pint glass. So <laughs> maybe you should have let that go before. <laughs> yeah. Um, all I right, will so, say. Oh, go ahead, Michelle. Well, I just, one thing that I thought, um, you know, when the teams, there was a team competition and I really thought that the people. Which Chattanooga boys, won by a lot. Well, I was going to say, well, this is my whole point is my experience running at Lookout, which is where a lot of these Chattanooga trail runners do most of their mileage is you cannot come in better prepared for the rockiness of this course than uh than just loading up the miles on lookout because lookout is just i mean that's why these guys can run these rocks and they run them they fly over them mm -hmm. and i'm not surprised that they just they slayed the chattanooga women also are like we're i mean I, there's no results posted yet but from what i understand just incredible um yeah how, how did you guys do in the team competition i don't know i don't know but the t team chattanooga put four people in front of me and i was sixth yeah, the t Chattanooga was first through fourth, and one of those guys was a master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so they 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 won. <laughs> you they, can't they, beat they that. How, nobody can yeah, beat that. Exactly. I don't even think it's mathematically possible. Yeah. Um, no. So, um, all right. So then the last question, the obvious last question, then. No, George. No, no, no. Nobody is. No, we're not doing this again. 
What's next? We going back or what? <laughs> next I think year we need is to the find 30th something else. Anniversary. No, I want to. I, think we I need to find go... something else for two reasons. One, I think you guys have accomplished what you set out to accomplish at yeah. this race. You've both won it twice. Right. I agree. And it for me, like I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. I hung out with you guys and I had a good had a good time. Yeah. I don't need to go back. And okay. it's it's set it's. It's 570 miles from my house. It's not <laughs> easy. This yeah, this I, aligned really well with some other things that were going on in my life that allowed this to happen. Yeah. Um, so I think we need to find something else. Not because I'm scared of the race. Not because it's too difficult. We proved that's not because true. because you're happy with we'll the experience well. you've had there. Yeah. yeah. Now, I I I I I'm done. Like I I, I this this knot has been tied, and so I'm I, good with it. I want to go somewhere that plays more to my strengths and I, I, I need to be able to run more. I need runnable runs. Mm -hmm. don't <laughs> so, I, I don't, don't I, start it, recommending a freaking road marathon somewhere. No, so. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to go run a road marathon with you guys. That would suck. Um, I, mean, I agree. I definitely agree with Eric. Um, I'm, I, I definitely agree with Eric that, that we should pick out something else. So it, it the, end of last year then in december of 2021 we did a michigan workout and that was cool this year we did a 50k trail race here in january of 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 2023 i would suggest come december january of 2023 2024 we find something else that we do together um and and by all means folks join us um uh, but no, I don't feel like it has to be this race again. Um, there is about one half of 1% of me that says, oh, well, next year is the 30th anniversary one. Don't you want to run the 30th one? But like no. I said, as soon as I pause, I'm like, no, there's no magic in the 30th one. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> it's like, arbitrary. Yeah, it's totally arbitrary. And so, so, so yeah, I feel, and, and Michelle, I think you said the same thing. Um, I, I'm glad that I went back. I'm glad that that I sort of rinsed that bad taste out of my mouth from last year's race um, by having a much better experience there this year. I'm glad hey, where I did, went back, but I don't did, desire to do it again. Where did Michelle have her last bad race? Maybe we should go there. Boston. Boston. No, no we're not Boston going to Marathon. Boston. There we go. Good call, Eric. I like that. But but I have. <laughs> I'm planning on going Boston have, next year anyway. So there we go. <laughs> but I did have a. I, I do have another experience having almost negative split the Boston course back in 2013. So I'm, I'm okay with, and in, considering everything else that was going on in my life and how bad, uh, extenuating circumstances got just in terms of me sleeping and functioning as a person, I have no, I'm okay with, I I've I'm yeah, I don't, I don't carry the weight of the failure um, in Boston, the way that I carried the weight of this over the last two years so and we need to i find actually something totally new <laughs> well i was and thinking on the way home about like why why did something like this haunt me the way that it did for so for for two years and what what would have happened if i had gone out there and had another bad day now i did everything possible so that that would not happen like you know i took the coach that's run the fastest women times ever on this course. And I waited on a wait list for the nutrition. Like I really got my shit together. I had a vitamin D deficiency. I took that vitamin D supplement every single day since like November 25th or something. I've never take supplements. Every time I've ever had an issue, I'm like, Oh, whatever. I'll just get it from food. I took it every single day. Um, so I did everything possible to, to not, you know, have a total disaster out there, but I do sometimes wonder, I, that was like 
really annoying to have carried that for two years. <laughs> like, you know, people show up at a Thursday morning run with a mountain mist hat and I, my, my whole body just, it's like paralysis. It's like, God, why would you, why would you wear that hat here? Why would you traumatize me? <laughs> they're like, oh, just, it's, it was at the front door and it's cold outside. So I grabbed the hat, you know, but for me, it was just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I'm, but I'm, I, glad, I'm, I'm done with this I'm glad we race. were able to lift that race. <laughs> I'm glad we were able to lift that weight from this race. So I, I'm done with it as well. But um, let's uh, let's continue to talk over the course of the next short while about what it's going to be. We have several months to figure out what the next one can be. So look forward to that. That's good. Because I'm not probably going to run this week. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think I might be a little injured, to be honest. So I want to be really careful with uh, this I, I, a bit of a hamstring tweak out there, um, which Took a little bit of walking to make sure I could run again, but I'm going to play it safe this week. So I think that's smart. I think that's yeah. smart. Sounds good. Eric, thanks for not only joining us for the race, but of course, joining us for the debrief and everything else. I appreciate it, man. I enjoyed spending time with you over the course of the past weekend. That was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed all, all the time we spent together through the whole race, the preparation in this. It's been fun. All right, Michelle. You too. Thanks for spending so much time with us this weekend running the race. Yeah, it was awesome to be out there with you guys and know that uh, even though the finish times were different, the the suffering was, uh, was shareable. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasant podcast, on Twitter at pleasant podcast, on Instagram at most pleasant exhaustion. We're available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Be sure to share us with your friends. We're brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance, who you can find at itlcoaching.com. Their Twitter is at ITL Coaching, and their Facebook group is facebook.com slash ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them on Instagram at ITL Coaching. Blue Pineapple Travel can be found at bluepineappletravel.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, or on Instagram at bluepineappletravel. And finally, High Echelon. You can find High Echelon at highechelloncpa.com. On behalf of Michelle Frank, Patrick Ollinger, and Eric Hall, I'm George Darden. Thanks for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. We'll see you next time.